Hey friends, before we start, as a Target mom, I have to tell you what our friends at Target are up to. Through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating and elevating Black success all year round. Last month, they showcased the winning designs of the HBCU design contest in stores, and I love them. Oh, and I can't forget the Buy Black product hub. It's my go-to site for Black-owned and founded beauty products for the whole family. But they have everything from makeup to home decor, and you know they got coffee. There are hundreds of Black-owned products on their site. If you want to learn more about how Target continues to support Black entrepreneurs, students, and creatives, visit target.com forward slash blackbeyondmeasure. Welcome, friends. My name is Cherie Sims, and I'm here with Parenting for the Culture, where we're here to talk about parenting, the ups, the downs, the battles, the joys, all that good stuff. We're here with the Black Love Podcasting Network, and I am so excited to be here. I have to be honest, I'm a little nervous to be here, but my nerves will ease as more of you join me and join this culture, join the village. The thing that I live for is being a part of community, and I think that raising children raising yourself, the number one thing you need is community and support. And so I'm here to offer the support that I have received over the years. I'm here to invite friends in to offer support with us. Uh, I'm here to share my experience. And when I say share my experience, I am a mother of six children from 12 years old to two three-year-old twins. Uh, And before I had children, I was an early educator. I'm still in the field of early education. This year, I was nominated and awarded as PBS Early Learning Champion. I've worked with plenty of parents in their parenting worlds. And so I want to share those things with you. I want to start off today by talking about Supermom, because that is probably one of the titles that I get most. Sharice, you're Supermom. How do you do it? How do you do it all? How do you have six children and run a business and start a podcast and do these different things? While I know that is intended to be a great compliment, it's often a trap. And I don't think people realize how calling someone superwoman, when you have the best intentions, that it often traps them. And other compliments like, wow, you look good to have six kids. First of all, let's just drop the four, six kids. Can I just look good? Because I just, I feel good. I look good. I, you know, I don't exercise, but My body has housed and birthed and fed six children, and that is a great thing. So I take that compliment. But when you look at me and you tell me, you look good for having six children, it is a trap to have to continuously look good. When I hear, wow, all of your children are beautiful. Now, let me tell you something about having six children and six heads of hair. I have five daughters, so brushing hair is more than a thing. It is so time-consuming. And it takes a lot of energy and effort. And you got those tender-headed babies. And so for me, telling me how good my children's hair looks all the time, I don't want to live up to that standard and expectation. When you hear that compliment of you are superwoman, it often comes along with the thought of how do you do all the things? And there are so many parents that I talk to, especially moms, um, probably just because I am a mom. So moms feel more naturally pulled to me, able and safe to confide in me. But a lot of us moms feel like we have to do all the things. We feel like we have to be there for all the moments, all the big moments, the first steps, the first words, 
Uh, we feel like we have to nurse them for three years. We feel like we have to be at all the performances. We feel like we have to be the ones to drop them off at school, pick them up from school, make them the cute little lunches that look like lions and jungles. Uh, we feel like we have to do those things while running a business or while being a CEO or a boss at our companies. Uh, we feel like we have to do those things and still be able to be there for our husbands in particular ways. <laughs> if you know what I mean, wink, wink. And we feel like we still have to be happy and joyful. And then you have the pressure of girlfriends where you still got to spend time with your friends that you had before you got married. And there's so many expectations to live up to, to be considered super mom. And a lot of those expectations are really, really, really unrealistic. And I remember that for me, one of the first times that I really appreciated somebody calling me super mom was at my twins first birthday. We had an amazing rodeo themed birthday. They had the cutest little matching rodeo outfits with the little cowboy hats. And we had a trucker. I don't know anybody from LA. You might've heard for, heard about Sheriff Drummer Man. Um, he's a guy who has a giant truck. He puts the drums in the back of his truck. He's got smoke machines and lights and all this stuff. So he came to the house to drum. We had jumpers, we had animals, all this fun stuff. And I'm in the kitchen trying to get food ready to bring it out. And I find myself telling several people what to do. I'm like, can you grab the salad and bring the salad out? Can you go check in with Sheriff Drummer Man? Can you go make sure the bouncer's up and ready? Can somebody go grab the twins for me? Can you grab the cake? And one of my friends looks at me and she's like, Sharice, you're super mom. I don't know how you do it all. And I remember in that moment, I felt really like, but I'm not doing anything right now. How, how could you say that to me right now? Because I actually felt very anxious and flustered and kind of feeling like I was behind schedule with the birthday party. And I looked at her and I said, I'm not doing anything. I'm telling everybody else what to do. And she looked back at me and she said, that's what I mean by your super, Sharice. Look at how you're able to know what needs to be done and you're able to look at who's around you and ask the right person to do the right thing. And you're over here delegating and look how many things you're getting done simultaneously because you're calling on the right people. And for me, that moment was mind-blowing and freeing because it was the first moment that I really understood the value of teamwork, collaboration, the ability to delegate things and tasks that need to be done. And it really moved me in a, in a, in a direction of wanting to be celebrated for things that we're able to take off of our plate um, I think, you know, part of my philosophy in working with children, I tell everybody, and it might sound like I'm about to go off, but stick with me, it's going to come together. <laughs> part of my philosophy is that children, humans, are like seeds. And when you plant seeds, you water seeds, you make sure they get enough shade, you make sure they get enough sunlight. But at no time do you have to tell that seed how to grow. At no point do you have to tell that seed how to grow leaves, how to grow branches, how to then grow apples. But as long as you just give that seed everything it needs, it's eventually going to turn into an apple tree that's going to be able to feed everybody that's around them, right? And if I were to plant an apple seed and try to nurture it to be a lemon tree or something else, it's not going to grow. It's not going to thrive. So I say all that to say, I really truly believe that each person is a seed that has their unique brilliance I think every human is a genius. I honestly, truly do. If you're listening right now, you are brilliant. You are a genius. I have no doubt. 
it is my prayer and my hope that you have found that brilliance within you and that you have found that genius within you and that you're able to walk in that brilliance. But I guarantee you that you are not ordinary. You are not average. There is something within you that is uniquely different from the people around you. And I think that it is so important for us to be able to recognize our gifts and our strengths and walk in our gifts and our strengths while allowing other people around us to walk in their gifts and strengths, as opposed to us trying to be strong, mask our challenges, overcome our challenges, and run ourselves dry. I can tell you another story about a time that this happened for me. Um, shortly after I had my fourth baby, I was running my business. I have a preschool in Los Angeles, California. I had four children and all of my children are stair-stepped. So they're all between 17 and 19 months apart from each other. And I am the type of woman who literally with every child, I have been at work up until I was in labor, <laughs> left work to go have a baby, came back with the baby, went straight back to work wearing the baby. I'm that kind of woman, that kind of what we're calling super mom, right? Again, a trap. People call you super mom. You think you have to live up to and uphold these ridiculous standards. And so I'm thinking I'm doing all right. I'm here running my business. I'm, you know, married several years now. I have my four beautiful babies that are all under five years old. So they're all with me at work all day long. Um, and then I get ready to take my babies to a friend's house to go swimming. And we get there, we get in the pool, everybody's having fun, babies are jumping in the water. And my friend looks at me and she says, Sharice, why is your eye not blinking? <laughs> and I said, what? She's like, you're, you're, you look creepy right now. You're looking at me and only one of your eyes is blinking. Only one of your eyes is moving. And I said, you know, I kind of felt that, but what are you talking about? So she hands me a mirror. I check out my eye. Sure enough, my eye is not moving. And earlier that day, I did kind of feel like a tingling in my arm. But as most moms, I ignored it. You know, how many of us have these things going on with us and we just kind of ignore it because we think it's not as important as the next thing that has to happen. Or we think it's not as important as the outing that has to happen for our children because we're moms and we're supposed to give them all these experiences in life. So my tingling arm, that's not important. This pool is important. So fast forward, I end up going to the hospital. At this point, my whole right arm is like numb and tingling. I have pains in my chest. My face goes from my eye not shutting to my mouth not moving. Turns out that I have Bell's palsy. Bell's palsy is when half of your face paralyzes. So now I'm at a point where I cannot smile with half of my face. I cannot close my eye. I cannot talk. I'm tearing up my mouth because I can't feel half of my mouth. So every time I eat, I'm literally chewing my cheek. And this is a result of stress. It's a result of ignored stress. And now I have this little six-month-old baby, and I'm even more stressed out and depressed because there is not a lot of knowledge on Bell's palsy. So there is no, this is what you need to do to heal it. This is when it will be healed. It's one of those things that's kind of like, this may be for the rest of your life. You may be lucky and it may go away. Thankfully, luckily, it went away for me probably after about eight months. If you look closely, you'll probably still notice that one eye closes a little bit slower than the other. One eye is still a little bit bigger than the other. One side of my face is a little bit lazier. So it has stuck with me, but I can smile again. And for me, one of the biggest 
worries at the time was, I have this six-month-old baby and she may never see her mom smile. And how is that going to affect her world? And how is that going to affect her upbringing? That was really a turning point for me where I decided that self-care was going to be super important as much, if not more, than holding this title of super mom was. And how could I be super mom if half of my face was frozen? (laughs) And if that was just the start to my deterioration, how much longer can I be around? How much longer can I be super mom? Um, And, you know, especially even at the time, I didn't even know what was to come with my children. And we'll get into that later as we all get to know each other. But parenting is most definitely, we watch our children go through these different ages and stages and grow. And nobody told me, I don't know if anybody told y'all, I'm here today to tell you that as much as your children are growing every day, you are also growing and changing. What you need to take care of a six-month-old is very different than what you need to take care of a six-year-old and so completely different to take care of a 12-year-old or 16-year-old. Okay, friends, we're going to take a little pause right here to talk about joy, 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 because I think we could all use a little joy break. So first, what brought you joy today? It doesn't have to be anything big, just something that brought a smile to your face. Say it loud. I'll wait. Can I share something small that brought me joy this week? It was my weekly run to Target. Because as I said, I'm a Target mom. I was able to shop Black-owned and founded brands and get everything I needed to bring me a little joy. Let's be honest. Target always brings me a lot of joy, especially their Black Beyond Measure campaign. We're not just talking about in February. Target is celebrating the Black community all year round. It's important to make sure we all take a moment for joy every day. If you want to learn more about how you can surround yourself with a little joy and help uplift and celebrate Black creatives and entrepreneurs, make sure to check out target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure. So, you know, I'm just here to say, super mom, let it go or redefine it. For me, at the moment, being super is about being able to, again, recognize your gifts. What are some of my gifts? My personal gifts are bringing people together. And that used to be a gift that I wasn't, I couldn't recognize and I wasn't proud of because I wanted one of the gifts that like I could stand on stage and sing like Alicia Keys. (laughs) If you know me, I call myself Sharonce because I would like to believe that I am the Beyonce of whatever it is that I'm doing out here in this life. Let's let's say it's parenting or supporting people, whatever it is. Y'all call me Sharonce if you ever see me in the street, okay? I will respond. But I think, you know, We don't all have gifts that we can put on stages. We don't all have gifts that we can write down on paper. And sometimes that makes it harder for those gifts to be recognized. But we have the gift. One of my gifts is bringing people together. One of my gifts is recognizing other people's strengths. One of my gifts is patience for people under a certain age. I'm growing, y'all. I'm working. If they're little, I have all the patience in the world because I understand that they are learning and growing. If you're grown, my patience is a little less because I think that you should know better. But my experience has taught me that a lot of adults don't know better, which brings me back to why I'm here with you guys. Uh, I want to learn and grow with you. I want us all to learn what knowing better actually looks like. I have noticed that a lot of people think that 
parenting is kind of a right. Like we are, we're children, things are happening to us. People are telling us what to do and where to go. And, you know, they might treat us certain ways. And then we grow up and we think that everything changes just because we became a parent. Now, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm the wise one. Now, all of a sudden, I'm the authority. Now, all of a sudden, I have all the power. Uh, and it doesn't always work like that. It actually doesn't work like that at all. So I'm learning that, you know, adults, we don't know better because we weren't taught better. But as a community, as a culture, right now, we are learning better. And I definitely want to share so much of what I'm learning so that all of us can know better and do better, not just for our children, but also for us. And uh, that has been a huge part of my parenting journey as well. I have always been someone that wanted a lot of children. Side note, how do you have a lot of children? You want them. <laughs> how do you have one child? You want them. Having children is one of the biggest decisions that you can make. And I think that it should be a very intentional one. And I understand that sometimes we have those oops babies. Believe it or not, my twins were both oops babies. Surprise, not one, but two. <laughs> but I, even before the oops happened, I really wanted to have a lot of children and wanted to have a big family. And it's that desire that helps me to deal with all of the challenging moments. And the challenging moments are plenty and daily and hourly. And I homeschool my kids. I don't know if I told y'all about that. So that's a whole other spin too. I went from being a working mom with my children in my school and then in their school. And now we're all home working with each other. So the challenges are hourly, every half hour, every 10 minutes. They're all the time, y'all. They are constant. So one of the things that I have learned in parenting is that we think we are going to grow up, we're going to have children, we're going to parent our children. But the greatest challenge in parenting, and I think the most awakening, conscious part of parenting is you will find that you are actually parenting yourself. You are raising parts of yourself that were ignored as a child. You are raising your inner child, the parts that never got their certain needs or desires met. You are reparenting parts that were traumatic, where you faced hurt and injury and you wished that it was different. Um, and there's kind of always this continuous internal battle of what it should look like, what it did look like, what it could look like, and what it actually looks like in the moment. And so I think all these challenging parts of parenting that happen all throughout the day, um, we're not just parenting in that moment. We're not just parenting that child right in front of us. We're reparenting ourselves. We're parenting our inner child. And that really puts a lot more stress on the situation. So quick side note of advice. I would love to leave you all with lessons every day. I would love to leave you with gems every day. One of the greatest things you can do for yourself as a parent is to, one, separate yourself from your child. Your child is not you their experiences are not yours. Their behavior is not a reflection of an experience that happened to you 17 years ago. They are their own being with their own journey. And you have to parent the child that is right in front of you experiencing what they're experiencing. And if you feel triggered, you have to be able to pause and breathe and step back and really reflect on what is going on inside of you what are you speaking to or what is speaking to you from your past 
that maybe needs healing or maybe needs to be addressed, maybe needs understanding. I think a lot of times we do things with a lack of understanding. And when we start to really seek out and intentionally figure out why we make the choices we make, why we have the feelings that we have, it just makes for a much more peaceful life, not just a peaceful journey in parenting, but your whole life can have a lot more peace. Even in the most most stressful of moments, uh, when I had Bell's palsy, it was a sucky situation. And again, like consciousness, I did not realize how much of our senses we rely on on a daily basis. When I lost my ability to taste on one side of my mouth, smell on one side of my face, to I could still see, but I couldn't close my eye. I had to wear eye patch. So when I lost that peripheral vision, I was so overwhelmed. And I don't mean overwhelmed in terms of like, you know, when moms are like, mommy, can you cook? Can you do this? Can you do that? It's not like there were things. I was, my senses were overstimulated and overwhelmed. When, when talking about how we have choices, how we can look at things, how we can kind of analyze and decide. So for me, that experience, it was a level of consciousness. Consciousness just in my biological, physical being of what happens with my body on a day-to-day basis. But then also that realization of, Sharice, you're not handling all the things well right now and you need to take a step back. And then the realization of, okay, this sucks. Your face is frozen. Your cheek is chewed up. You can't see. You feel sick. But now what? That, that couldn't just be the end for me. It could have sucked. It did suck. But I decided that I was going to make the best of it. So I took my eye patch. <laughs> I put my eye patch on. And I went to my dress-up closet. I'm a preschool teacher, y'all. So I got stuff in my dress-up closet. And I pulled out my pirate hat. And I put my pirate hat on. And when I went to work and when I saw my children, I told them that I had a secret to tell them and that I was actually a pirate. And that I had hidden treasures all over the place that we had to find together. And the children loved it. It made the experience for me a little easier because I was able to add play to the situation Play is a huge part of my philosophy. So that's another thing that we'll talk about. Play is not just for children. It's also for adults. Um, And, you know, I just tried to flip the situation to make it the best that I could in the moment and not try to dwell on all of the negative parts of it. And one thing that I will never forget is the morning that I woke up, opened my eyes, head still on the pillow, and my daughter's face was resting on my bed, but literally an inch from my face. And I look at her kind of like, oh, good morning, creeper. Like, why are you right in my face like that waiting for me to wake up? And she looks at me and she says, where's the treasure? (laughs) And I was like, this child has been waiting all night to find my treasure. I better get some treasure and hide it around the house. So long story short, all that to say, I don't think I made that long story short. I think it was still a long story, but I hope you enjoyed it. But all that to say, you know, we, we have the power to choose how we are going to show up in life. We have the power to choose how we're going to show up as a mom. We have the power to choose how we are going to define supermom. Is supermom going to be our kryptonite, right? And tear us down and leave us half paralyzed? Or is supermom going to be the ability to lean on your village, not just lean on your village? Because I hear a lot of people talk about how they don't have a village. Do you know that it is a superpower to build a village? Like literally there are people all around us. 
all around us. It is a matter of being able to get over whatever those fears are, right? Really sitting down with yourself and talking to yourself and asking yourself, why is the idea of a village so hard for me? Why do I love this idea that I'm in this by myself? And by love, I mean hate. Because a lot of people who say they don't have the things, that is a, that's a struggle and it's a challenge and it's a valid one. It's raising any amount of children on your own with no support. It's impossible. It is full of anxiety. It's full of all these negative feelings. But I truly believe that it doesn't have to be that. Uh, we can create community, but you have to actually work for it. It's not just going to fall in your lap. You got to go to the book club. You got to go speak to someone at the grocery store. I don't know. Go to the park. Make a mom friend. I have a friend who I just recently you know, praised her for that. She is a single mom. You you may know her, Mel Jones. Uh, she is a family of the Black Love Network. And she's a single mom who is phenomenal at creating family wherever she goes. This woman travels worldwide and she meets people everywhere she goes and she makes connections with them and she builds family and she's not afraid to ask them for help. And I think that is one of the things that has been hardest for me to learn is how to ask for help. But I am growing in that and I am really learning that like that is a superpower. Asking someone to help you, asking someone to give you a break, that is where your superpower is. And, you, you know, I, I had posted about Supermom and in my post I talked about how even superheroes, nobody knows who they are. <laughs> like, if moms were super moms, we'd be dad, right? Like where the child just walks right past you as if you're not a whole human sitting on the couch that can help you. And they go straight to super mom and dads, they are super. I joke that, you know, our children ignore the dads. They do, let's be honest. But every child has a preferred parent, so saw. But dads are super. Dads are super. And they are super for their ability to rest when they need to. Anyways, back to super moms and their disguise. It's like superheroes. No one knows who the actual superhero is. Why is that? They need rest. They need rest. They need privacy. They need to be able to pick and choose when they're going to save the day. They are not walking around the streets in their superhero costume for everybody to chase them down all the time. And if your children are following you around, chasing you down all the time, that to me doesn't sound like a superhero. A superhero is someone nobody knows who they are, maybe one person. So, you know, let's redefine what supermom is. Let's redefine it to be the mom who has a messy house because she cares more about her peace that day. Let's redefine it for the mom who knows how to build community because she knows how to lean on other people's strengths and walk in her own. Let's redefine it as the mom who knows how to leave her children for a weekend or how to be okay with a babysitter or a nanny or grandma or grandpa watching their children and be okay with maybe on that night they're going to eat more candy and watch more TV. But you know what? They're going to be okay and you're going to be better for it. One of the last things I'll share with you is that since I have been redefining my super momness and since I have been on more of a journey for self-care, my children and my husband have seen the value in it. You know, I think the first time I tried to take a break, I realized that I was going to have to leave the house to take a break. And so I got a hotel room 
And I think the first time I went to a hotel room for a mommy, I call it mommy time, I probably cried (laughs) while I was at the hotel because I felt guilty that I wasn't at home with my kids. And what kind of mom doesn't want to be around her children? And what kind of mom just leaves them because she needs a break? This is ridiculous. And I felt so guilty. Uh, But just like any other muscle, like I continued to exercise it and continued to find different ways to take mommy time. And the more that I did, the happier I got, the less stress I had, the more present I was able to be with my children. And my children started to notice a difference. And so did my husband. And when I would start to get stressed out around the house, I would hear my children say, Pop, let's let's send mommy to a hotel this weekend. (laughs) And so it's it's a great thing, you know, not only that I get to be healthier mentally, emotionally, spiritually for my children. But it's also great because when I think about how I want my children to grow up, I would not feel like I had done my job if I raised children who were financially successful, successful in their jobs, you know, married, had children, whatever you define as success, but they were breaking down inside and they had health problems inside because they didn't know how to take care of themselves. So when I know that my children see me taking care of myself, I know that I am doing my job as a parent, teaching them all the things they need to learn, not just their ABCs, not just how to be kind to other people, but also how to be kind to themselves so they can sustain themselves and do whatever it is they're supposed to do in this life. All right, my friends, as if six children wasn't enough, the pandemic bunnies that I got for our stress relief were not neutered after the vet said that they were. So I currently have nine bunnies waiting for me (laughs) that I have to go tend and put away. We let our bunnies out during the day so they could run around. I got to go get them and put them away, y'all. So I will be back with you soon after I put these bunnies away and then tend to the six children. Can y'all believe that? Six six baby bunnies, six children. That's my life, folks. Parenting for the Culture is executive produced by Cody and Tommy Oliver. Our senior producer is Crystal Hill. Art is by Koi Madison. Parenting for the Culture is a Black Love Podcast Network production. 